ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. She's into Wyatt, who swings at this, a bigger bill for LBW Kibben. That is the 10th wicket, that is eight wickets for Ash Gardner, and that is the match for Australia. They have won by 89 runs, deserved victors. They pick up four points in this multi-format series. If you ask Aussie cricket fans to select the biggest women's stars in the game, the names are pretty well established. Perry, Healy, Lanning, Mooney... I wonder where Ash Gardner might sit right now. The 26-year-old Indigenous Australian just made history in the Ashes, eight wickets in the innings, 12 for the match, Aussie records on both fronts as the visitors took the test. In a series that was framed around who might step up in the absence of Meg Lanning, the answer has been, well, almost everyone. Mooney, Perry, Annabelle Sutherland all plundered runs. So too Captain Alyssa Healy, who also kept wicket with a broken finger in each hand. Yet it's Gardner who might have cemented herself as our next enormous star. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. Melinda Farrell is a cricket writer and broadcaster. She's been part of the BBC's coverage for this test at Trent Bridge and joins us from Nottingham Mel. We've got to start with Ash Gardner. She makes history in an Ashes test. Why did the all-rounder just go to another level? Well, Ash Gardner is a big game player. That is really the story of her. She's probably, when you think of Ash Gardner, you think of her batting first and foremost. But she is that kind of player who chips in with the ball when Australia need her most. And she really showed that today. Eight wickets in the final innings, 12 wickets across uh, the test match. So that is a, a massive, massive part of why Australia have come out on top in uh, the opening match of this multi-format series. It's Gardner. Into Eccleston, an appeal for LBW, and Sue Redfern puts the finger up. You know, one of the things that's lovely, we've seen some brilliant performances across this test match from both sides. So, Ash Gardner with her eight wicket haul, Sophie Eccleston with 10 wickets across the match, Tammy, Tammy Beaumont with a double century, uh, Annabel Sutherland with a century. And she's bowling a delivery onto the toes of Sutherland, who plays it beautifully to the boundary and gets 100. What a shot that is through mid-wicket to reach three figures. They're all going on the honours board at Trent Bridge and just to bring that into, I I guess, some kind of wider context, this is the first uh, test that's been held at a major test venue in England, one where the the first test match between England and Australia was held. On the honours board are names like Sir Donald Bradman, uh, Viv Richards, Ian Botham, Virat Kohli. It's really fantastic to see these women take their place on that. And Ash Gardner is one who deservedly is is there as well. Uh, It it was a fantastic performance from her. She and Talia McGrath, who should be mentioned in that as well, they were the ones who came together. They were brought on. England were 55 for none in their chase in the final innings. And when those two came together, they lost four wickets in quick succession. And that was what really turned things 
back towards Australia in what was a really competitive test. I think at times there can be a lag on the broader public's understanding of the people who are at the top of any sport. I mean, Gardner's now won a Belinda Clark medal for best player in the game in Australia. Last season, she was crowned best player in the WBBL. She's the highest paid Aussie in the Women's Premier League in India. And now history in this Ashes test. Is Ash Gardner the brightest star in Australian women's cricket right now, Mel? I think there are a few contenders. Uh, It's hard with this Australian team just because they bat so deep. They've got so many bowling options. There are so many all-rounders in the Australian side. So you often find that even when something goes wrong, there's someone in the Australian side who can step up and just uh, suddenly bring out a match-winning performance. Uh, So that does tend to happen quite a lot. But Ash Gardner is absolutely one of those. And, you know, you do mention that the Women's Premier League, she was the joint highest paid uh, player when it came down to the auction in attracting, you know, an, an enormous bid. If not, I will sell on my right heel to the Gujarat Giants at 320 lakh for Ashley Gardner. Sold to the Gujarat Giants at 320 lakh. Thank you so much. She's really valued overseas, certainly in India, where that tournament was held. Uh, she is a superstar in women's cricket uh, and that you're right, that, that sort of doesn't always translate. We're still in a, a phase where perhaps the the women's team isn't always appreciated as much as the men's team. So while there are a lot of headlines that, you know, come about, about Cameron Green and his all-round abilities, we don't always see the same, I guess, uh, prominence given to someone like Ash Gardner. But she actually is a superstar in the world uh, and, and as one of only four uh, Indigenous Australians to have uh, played Test cricket for Australia, she kind of has a, a special place uh, in that part of the game's history as well and certainly should be celebrated. From a team point of view, Mel, this was a performance in some ways framed by the person that was not there, Meg Lanning taking a break from cricket And that meant that Alyssa Healy took the reins as captain. Why was her performance particularly astonishing? Well, Alyssa Healy in the warm-up game fractured uh, fingers on both her hands. Yeah, look, it is what it is. It's, um, I guess, exactly what happens as a wicketkeeper. You get knocks on the fingers. And unfortunately for me, it was one on each hand. So it made it incredibly difficult, um, in particular batting, um, being able to grip the ball after keeping uh, the bat, sorry, after keeping for 110 overs. So just reassess it um, during the week and, and make sure I'm ready to go um, in Birmingham. So when you, you think about the fact that not only is she one of the batters, but she's also the wicketkeeper and she still managed to get through it. Now, she was under enormous pressure because she was out for a duck in the first innings. She had made a pair... Uh, in the last test in Canberra. The idea that she could be out for the first time in the history of women's test cricket for a double pair, if you like, uh, was obviously a massive talking point. And there must have been huge pressure on her psychologically, the point of coming out again. Now, she dropped herself down the order already. And then when it came to the second innings, you know, she, she dropped herself further down the order as well, Annabelle Sutherland, the centurion from the first innings, well, she was 
sent out to bat earlier. Uh, and then Ash Gardner came in before Elisa Healy. There was a little bit of chat around about why Elisa Healy was coming in lower down, whether it was, you know, that she might have had the jitters about getting out for a duck again. Well, she came out, she ended up making a 62 ball 50, which was hugely important for Australia at that time in actually setting England a, a greater target. She's in, it's full, driven into the gap by Healy. Calm as anything. And she brings up a half century, important innings from the Australian captain. And she did that with two busted fingers. She is tough. She's absolute granite, Elisa Healy. Uh, she's always been cheeky and, and a little bit gobby, if you like. She's renowned for all of that. She takes the fight to the opposition. But the fact that she did all of that in this game and that she stepped into the captaincy role really late into the piece, uh, uh, you know, Meg Lanning withdrew quite late from this tour. So she stepped into that role and then she's led not just with the bat, not just behind the stumps, but as a personality. It's an astonishing level of toughness from Healy. There's six games still remaining. Australia only needs to win two of those white ball fixtures to secure the Ashes. Is the expectation that Healy's going to front up for those fixtures until the job is done? Well, yeah, she wants to. I mean, there'll obviously be more uh, assessment of the injury, but she has made it pretty clear that she wants to. And did you enter the match with knowing both were fractured? And does that mean, like, if you entered a test match knowing both were fractured, that you can confidently enter into six white ball matches knowing they're fractured? Yep. So I think if there's any possibility that she can play, she'll do it. As we've touched on, two wins from the next six will get it done for the Australians, which makes me wonder, does the test element receive too much weighting under this multi-format series, Mel? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I, originally, the test match was worth six points in this multi-format uh, series. Now it's four points and... All the other games are worth two points each. Originally, the T20s were only worth one point. So there has been a little bit of tinkering done by the ECB and Cricket Australia when it comes to the allocation of points. And there's also been some tinkering of where the test match features within the series. Obviously, it's the first game this time around. Uh, it's been played at other stages as well. So it's kind of hard. Uh, I have some sympathy for the organisers in trying to work out the balance and the weighting of points and where the, the, the test match should feature. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if there's a perfect answer to that just because they're only going to play one test at this stage. Uh, so you kind of can understand why they want to give more weighting to the test just because of the fact that they have to play five days and the amount of effort and work and performance that goes into winning a test. But what it does mean in the context of this series is that Australia are, in, are absolutely in the box seat when it comes to this Ashes series. Australia on the cusp of more history. Mel Farrell, thank you so much for picking us through what has been an enthralling test match. We really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Headlines. Mitchell Stark or Scott Boland? 
That remains the big selection question for Australia ahead of the second test with England in the men's ashes. As for the hosts, batsman Ollie Pope told reporters Moeen Ali will be fit to play despite his spinning finger sporting an opened wound during the series opener. The other dilemma is whether the hosts bring in speedster Mark Wood for pantomime villain Ollie Robinson or potentially Jimmy Anderson. One man certain to play is Nathan Lyon. The Aussie spinner will rack up 100 consecutive tests. He is the first specialist bowler to do so in the history of the game. And one more wicket will see him claim 500 test scalps. Rugby League and Manly is on a contracting spree. First came the news that they had signed Tigers halfback Luke Brooks to a four-year deal from 2024. Now they've locked in Josh Schuster to stay at the Seagulls for a further three seasons beyond his current contract. That ties him to the club until the conclusion of 2027. The acquisition of Brooks means Schuster would move from 5'8 to back row with the ex-Tiger to partner with Daly Cherry Evans in the halves. And first Wrexham, now Alpine. Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney, the actors who invested big in a Welsh soccer team as they chased English lower-tier glory, have turned Formula One investors. The pair are part of a consortium that's invested more than £150 million to buy a 24% stake in F1 racing team Alpine. If you want to get across the Reynolds-McElhenney-Wrexham feel-good story, check out the link in our show notes to get across that episode. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Mick Radojkovic. Thanks to the WPL for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.